see if it wants to play nice with us today. Yep, we are live. Well, good morning, everyone. We are super excited to have you on this morning. Even more excited because of the fact that you see for once there's four people on the screen and you know the three of us really well, but this guy in the corner over here, you may not know. So I'm gonna throw it over to Chad and have Chad introduce Kyle since uh, Chad's been working with Kyle for quite a long time. Wow, I'm I'm I've been looking forward to this day uh, for a long time. You know, I was just trying to trying to. I looked up in my email when I first met Kyle and Kyle. It's almost been two years. I think it was early June two years ago, and I had just gotten a random email, and it was basically talking about Kyle was doing a compilation book, and that he'd worked with Jim Rohn for. 18 years and I thought oh my gosh if someone's worked with Jim Rohn for 18 years what information must that guy know so reached out we had our first conversation I was like I'm all in I'm all in and then my wife's like how do you know he's the real Kyle Wilson so you know we had to do some detective work and figure it out and he's the real he's the real Kyle Wilson I've had the opportunity just to hang out with him in, in Texas and in Pennsylvania and do some projects and, and have some fun and and so just to kind of introduce you Kyle I know I could go on and on, but I wanted to just read one of the testimonials. And this one comes from Mark Victor Hansen, who's written over 500 million books, uh, best known for chicken, chicken soup for the soul. And he says, Kyle's one of the wisest and most brilliant marketing consultants in the world. He's the man behind the great marketing of Jim Rohn International and so many other personal development legends. Not only someone I've enjoyed collaborating and working with for over two decades, but is also a close and valued friend. So this is who we have today. So I, I want to just, we've got a few questions to ask and Kyle just lets you run with it. So uh, my first question was, you know, what is the backstory of meeting Jim Rohn and what are maybe one or two of your favorite stories with him that none of us have heard yet? Okay. Wow. Yeah. The backstory, uh, you know, Depends how far back you want to go, but uh, I, I have to share, you know, I grew up in a small town. I never went to college. I, I was doing drugs. I'm not the typical guy that you would say was the founder of Jim Rohn International. Uh, but age 19, I, I made some, I had a significant emotional experience. I made some changes, uh, started my first little business, a detail shop, turned into a, a service station. And at age 26, I said, listen, I got to move to the big city. I moved to Dallas. I was going to start another detail shop. Uh, and that's why I do believe in serendipity. I do believe in, uh, you know, I have a podcast. Every single person I've interviewed, Darren Hardy, Brian Tracy, who Mark Victor Hansen, every single person has a story of serendipitous things that happened. And sure enough, I go to a seminar and they're looking to hire people and hire people back then in the seminar business meant you made a hundred phone calls a day to try and book yourself to speak at two meetings. You guys have had people come in and I would hundred calls a day, go speak for two meetings, give a great amount of value, but then sell tickets to a seminar. And I, I wasn't a, a speaker. I was nervous. It, it frightened me. 
Uh, this morning, Joel had his coffee cup about get outside your comfort zone, but I was desperate. And because I was so desperate, I, uh, I had to do it. And Chad, you've never heard any of this because this is, I'm not, this isn't my story I share with everyone. This is just coming out this morning with your question. Uh, but yeah, I, I went and um, did that and I got really good. And little did I know that would lead to meeting Jim Rohn. And I, I started doing big, huge events all over the country, filling up huge rooms. And I would hire Jim Rohn, hire Brian Tracy, hire Ogmandino and different speakers. And life was great. I was making money traveling the, the country. It was before kids. And 1993, Jim said, hey, um, have you paid my partner for the last event? And I said, no. Uh, I said, yes. I mean, like 50000 I We sold massive amounts of product. And he said, well, little secret here. Uh, you know, we're not doing too well. And he owes me half a million dollars. And he said, so for the next event, just pay me directly and I'll take it off the tab. And that next event, they had already split up. And it's the second time Jim had a partnership that didn't work. He talks about back during the Tony Robbins days, Adventures and Achievement, they were filling up all these rooms. And after they'd lost 800,000, they shut it down. Well, same thing. They're doing all this business. It was a horrible business model. Uh, and so I said, listen, uh, if, if you guys are definitely broken up, I would love the opportunity to have an exclusive right to run Jim Run International. And I knew Jim wasn't looking for partnerships, Chad. So I had to make him an offer he couldn't refuse. And I said, listen, it'll be my company. I'll own it and I'll pay for everything. You'll never be out another penny. You don't have to worry about losing money. And I'll just pay you off the top. And I just need an exclusive. And also, if, if I can start creating products, he only had a couple, you know, I'll, I'll pay you a royalty, but let me go create the products. That was 1993. That first year I took him from 20 speaking dates to 110. I doubled his fee and I started creating products. One of them, when you met me, you realized, oh, that's yours. This was, this was a God download. This moved 6 million copies. Uh, went on to do one for Mark. Uh, Victor Hansen and Brian Tracy and Zig Ziglar and Dennis Waitley and moved 8 million of those. But that kind of began this incredible business relationship. And that led to once someone booked Jim Rohn and had him speak and bought all his products, you know, Jim wasn't, if you've heard him, he's a philosopher. He wasn't ambitious to create a lot of products. He turned down a huge book deal I got with Simon and Schuster. And that's a whole other story. Uh, he was very private. So I started another company the next year called Your Success Store. And that's when I started also booking Brian Tracy and Mark Victor Hansen and Les Brown and created another hundred different products, created over 300 intellectual properties over, you know, 20 years. But Brian Tracy Success Mastery Academy, um, multiple different products and, and joint ventures. And it was just a phenomenal ride. I, I got to be Jim's agent and also Dennis Waitley and Chris Widener, who I met you through, Ron White, uh, but also creating products and being able to take Jim's message to the world. And so it was, it was a great marriage because Jim, I thought, was the best speaker in the world. And I was a pretty good promoter. And it kind of goes back to this thing of we learn by doing. I mean, I had a detail shop, you know, but then I got in the seminar business. What did I know about the seminar business? Nothing, but I had to learn it. 
And, you know, it's part of what I, I tell people. You're, you're going to ask me, what do I think people should do in your world? I think they should follow what you guys tell them to do, but then innovate. Innovate 10% based on their own secret sauce, their own gift. I'm a contrarian, so I did what everyone else was doing, but then I, I shifted. If I'd done what everyone had done before me with Jim Rohn, you wouldn't know who Jim Rohn is because what they were doing didn't work. You know, I had to innovate. I, I created this thing called the wheel with spokes and you get people on it and you take them around and, you know, there's all these different things about, uh, you know, your secret sauce and your avatar and being strategic and one, one thing will knock down the, the next domino. And because of what one thing will knock down the next domino led me to saying, okay, uh, how do I get Jim speaking a hundred times a year? He's only speaking 20 and guess how big a list he gave me zero, you know, 1993. So Jim, who've you spoken for? I don't know. We don't have a list. I mean, nothing, right? Testimonials. No, they don't, you know, so I had to start at zero, but the positive was it forced me to go deep. Jim Rome would quote the Bible and say, if you search, you will find, but rarely does a good idea interrupt you. So I had to go searching. And through that deep search, I came up with this idea that I remember sharing it with Brian Tracy on the phone. He's like, Kyle, yeah, that, that's, it'll be a, won't ever work. But Chad, before I ever created this, I saw it. Jim's secret sauce was he was this profound wordsmith philosopher and people loved him. And they wanted to share his message. So I had to empower my advocates to go share his message. I had to make it easy. When you saw building your network marketing business, this took me four years to create. Jim never even knew I was doing it because he would have vetoed it because of his relationship with Herbalife. But I couldn't, it took four years because there's one story every time I would get him to speak for network marketing, which he rarely did because he was doing this thing with Herbalife. He wouldn't tell the seed and the sower, the seed and the sower story. But once I had that, I had a six hour recording. I got down to 62 minutes and it had to accomplish two things. It had to train your team. A leader would say, my team has to have this. But then you also had to validate the industry. So people would use it to recruit. And until I had those two things, I wasn't going to release it. And it had to be 60 minutes. I couldn't get it less than 62. It was just too good, right? There's nothing left to take out. But to me, that's being strategic. It's finding that one thing that will knock down the dominoes. People, if, if you can get your advocates to go share with a hundred people or a thousand people, or a hundred, you know, I remember selling someone a hundred thousand of these. Eric Worre bought a hundred thousand of these from me. Uh, you know, when you can do that, you create that one thing. Now you have an army of people out working for you. Who taught me that? No one. I had to go search. So there, you know, success is predictable. Jim Rohn, that's what he taught me. I was 27. He taught me someone's doing what you want to be doing, but then you have to innovate what they're teaching you to fit your personality, your secret sauce. Always say uh, to the people I coach and, and lead, don't do what I tell you to consider what I tell you and then filter it through all your own uh, filters. So Chad, that's, that's the long answer to maybe a question you didn't ask. I'm sorry, uh, but that's what came out this morning. No, that, that was actually amazing, Kyle. I, I love what you said. And, and I, I love that thought process of question what I tell you. 
because of the, because of the fact that a lot of times <clears throat> people will just do what you tell them, but they, they don't question it. So they don't understand the reasoning behind it. You know, when, when we coach people, when we teach people, we say, these are the options that you have. This is why I would do this one. And then we sit back and we're like, please ask a question. That would be great. Cause that, that shows me that you're actually learning and not just doing what I tell you to. If, if you, if you're just going to sit there and do what I tell you to do, you're always going to be a follower. You're never going to step up into leadership. Uh, so and, and with Joe, that, Joe, can I follow up on that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's why I always tell people, you got to know what your secret sauce is, what makes you special. And that's what you get to bring to the table of any collaboration. And if, if someone's not accentuating their secret sauce, you know, they're probably missing it. Some people are great recruiters. Some people are great servers. You know, people love being around them. They're great at hosting. Some people are great relationship builders. And so make sure whatever piece of the opportunity of the company that you have is offering that they're accentuating that part. And again, being strategic, saying, how can I make sure everything I do is scalable? Like I would never do anything that's not scalable. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of network marketing, right? You get a customer every month and then the potential of that customer referring other customers. That's where I'd want to live. I'd want to live on everything that's scalable. Stay away from anything that's a one-off. Who cares? You make one sell, could care less. I want to find the things that have the potential like this quote book. And I don't own this company anymore. I sold all this in 2007. So I'm not trying to sell you can't buy these from me. I don't get paid. So I'm, I'm just promoting the idea. If you can get one person, a believer that loves what you do out sharing the message, that's where I'd put all my effort because that's compounding, right? That's, and you got to find what part of your skill set to accentuate to make that happen <clears throat> within a product line. So good. All right, Tay, I'm going to throw it down to you because I know you've got solid question to ask. Mine's really sketchy, so I'll, I'll do mine after yours. Well, then I don't, have to, I don't have to answer exactly the way you ask. I can just yeah, come exactly. up with my own you answer. Just make right? something up. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so uh, first off, thanks for uh, being on this with us, Kyle. This is great to kind of see the insight and just the backstory because I, I never knew that and it kind of intrigued me. Uh, but I think what I love most about just hearing your story uh, from when you decided that you was going to make that change, you said you was desperate. And yep. I think that's a, a, a very familiar with a lot of people who join uh, network marketing. A lot of people are desperate because they want that little extra. Uh, they want to pay that extra bill. They want to do something extra. So uh, for me, my question would be uh, just thinking back to the beginning in uh, those beginning stage when you say like Jim, you like he basically gave you nothing and you had to start from there. And for a lot of people, that's where we start and we can kind of get deterred by uh, some of the obstacles that we have to go through. So uh, my question would be, if you could give one piece of advice to young leaders uh, from what you learned through that experience in that beginning stages, uh, what would it be? Yeah, I mean, there's so many, so many directions and it just depends on where they're coming from. But, you know, one thing Jim Rohn taught, he said, to become successful, you have to bring value to the marketplace. To become wealthy, you have to become valuable to valuable people. And I really picked up on that. I picked up on, you know, age 27, 28. I don't need to be a good networker. I need to be a good value bringer. How do I bring value? I got to tell you, 
Mark Victor Hansen came to me. Les Brown came to me. Brian Tracy came to me. Why? Because I was filling up huge rooms. Find a way to bring value that will attract people. I call it fishing. I don't hunt. Now, in the beginning, I had to hunt. I had to make 100 calls to go, you know, book myself to speak. But guess what? The industry, they made their 100 calls every day. They had telemarketers. They never learned. I made my 100 calls, but I got really, really good at getting referrals. I got really, really good at getting testimonials. I got really, really good at leveraging the previous success to incorporate that into my story to where all of a sudden it became easier. It became easy. Every step became easier. And so learning to bring value and, and again, that's back to your secret sauce. What makes you special? How can you become the person everyone goes, wow, you know, Tay always delivers or he's got this thing you want to be part of. I know when I dabbled in network marketing and I couldn't really do it because it would, you know, we had all these, we had 50 network marketing co companies as our customer. So I didn't do network marketing, but the, the short time I did, I had a massive amount of success, but not doing it the way everyone else did it, doing it the way based on mine. And I figured out a way to bring massive value and attract people. So I like to fish. And uh, as Chad knows, I was, we did a big two-day event this past weekend, Les Brown and Todd Stoudemire and a, a bunch of people in my world. And I said, I like it when the fish jump in the boat. Well, how do you do that? Well, you have to create irresistible offers. You have to bring value. So I'll just share an idea. This is like, this is how I did mine back in the day. Back in the day, you know, a lot of companies say, and listen, as we've already said, don't follow what I say. Consider what I say if it makes sense to you, but this is free. Back in the day, I said, listen, everyone's saying contact 100 people you know immediately. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to contact a handful of people that I think want to work with me that get me. Now, I had a story. If you don't have a story yet, you're going to have to build up to that. And I said, listen, I'm going to have this monthly meeting where I'm going to teach. It's going to be like a mastermind teaching about Jim Rohn. I take an audio series. You know, we're going to do this 12 week. And because the two things, you know, no one wants to be sold. No one wants to be recruited. Everyone wants long-term financial revenue, income, right? Who doesn't want long-term reoccurring revenue? Who doesn't want personal development to grow? Well, some people don't, so leave them out. We're not going to try and convert the unconverted. And I said, listen, I'm going to offer you those two things. I've, we got a program. It's going to create reoccurring revenue. If you just do the right thing, all you need is to just get a couple of people every month that long-term will compound. But we're going to help you with your life. We're going to teach personal development. If I owned an insurance or a real estate company, that's what I do. I just train people to become better. And here's the cool thing. Some people won't ever become, you know, they won't ever sell anything. What a great job to be able to invest in people like you guys. Today, everyone watching this, some of your top people, some will, won't even be around next week, but you get to give equally to everyone. Now that's a great business model. So that's what I would do. I'd figure out ways to bring massive value and then, you know, uh, attract those that are ready. You know, put the right, I hate to say bait, but, you know, I like to fish. Get the right people. And, you know, don't go after the people that aren't interested. 
boy, what a waste of energy. Let, let them, I'd rather them have, and, and Chad heard me talk about that this weekend. If you have the right product and you have the right message and you have the right philosophy for the right people, it's inevitable. I always just know in the back of my mind, the right people will eventually join what I'm doing or what I'm offering if it's right for them. If it's not right for them, I don't want them. You know, it's, it's going to end up in a divorce. So who's got energy for that? So if you put all the right stuff out there and you put it together, now you're in the, attra- in the attracting business, not the pursuing business. So I put all my focus on how do I create something people want and whatever that environment looks like. Now, back to your, your question though, Tay, I mean, they have to be patient. You know, success takes time. Uh, building a business takes time. It, you know, you don't go plant a tomato plant and tomorrow have tomatoes, right? Uh, I talk about success is a combination of tactics and principles. I do this thing called seven marketing strategies. Number one is connecting the dots. Uh, you know, marketing is not about being clever or manipulative. It's connecting the dots based on your marketplace and your secret sauce and your long-term goals. Never go build a goal that five years, build a plan that five years from now, you're not happy with where you end up. So being very strategic. But number two is tactics and principles. And tactics are everything from, you know, Facebook Live and social media and events and all the things we can do tactically. And technology drives the tactics. And that's what everyone's always selling. But number two is principles. And Prince, when I, I have 30 years of looking back, I mean, people like Eric Warrior, close friends of mine, Larry Thompson, him and I did a, a billion dollar mastermind where we had the number one people from like 10 industries. If you guys know Larry Thompson, one of the co-founders of, of Herbalife. So I have all this historical perspective. Everyone that's built it and kept it, built it on principles. And here's the four keys to principles. Number one, you got to have a great product. You know, number two, you got, you got to give great service. Number three, you got to be consistent. This stuff's too simple, right? Number four, you have to be relational. And I always say never let a good tactic override a principle. So I don't, I choose not to churn through people. I'd rather create things that attract people and knowing over time, you know, not be so desperate. I got to get someone now that's maybe the incubation period's going to be two years. So they have to have a long-term perspective. And that's why I love Jim Rohn saying part-time is better than full-time. You know, the minute someone's full-time, sometimes they're desperate. You know, sometimes they got to make that sell. But if you can build your business part-time, that gives you the luxury to do it the right way, the principle-based way. And let me just speak a second about part-time. Dennis Waitley, a good friend of mine, was with him on the phone last night. Uh, He and I do this thing called 52 lessons. It's free. Uh, and it's a lesson from Darren Hardy, Brian Tracy, everyone, Jim Rohn, obviously, but Dennis's lesson was called part time is prime time. And he said, Kyle, this was like in the nineties. He said, Kyle, I'm a full-time speaker. You know, I travel the world, but I've written 18 number one best-selling books. When during other people's prime time TV, he said, I don't write books during the day. I have a full-time gig. I write, you know, all my long-term royalty revenue, lead generation, credibility building books have come from nighttime, you know, during other people's primetime TV. 
And you guys know that in your industry, right? It's, it's, it's the part, it's the, what you do after eight hours is where the fortunes are built. And so someone that's young, that's hungry, that may be desperate, they, they probably should be part-time and use, have the luxury to build it the right way. Uh, that was awesome. I hope everybody's getting a lot of notes out of this because I feel like I can't stop typing or looking <laughs> up or, I mean, it's, it's endless. So I'm, I'm going to go with one that's kind of off the wall because, you know, like <clears throat> Chad said, one of the things that everyone connects you to is Jim Rohn. But my thought is, is who has been your main mentor and what did they teach you that they wanted to pass on? So to give you an example, when I asked John Maxwell this question, he mm -hmm. said his mentor was John Wooden. And John Wooden was always known for saying, make, make each day your masterpiece. So that's what he wanted to make sure that John knew to pass on after he was gone, which John has in turn created and set his own, which is he wants people to live with intentionality. So based on that kind of a thought process, who would you say has been your main influencer and what did they want to pass on through you to everyone else? Yeah, I, I, I've had a lot of mentors and I can't say I've had that one mentor that gave me that one torch to pass other than when I think of passing on Jim Rohn, I think about passing on his message. There is, it, it's, you know, it's like saying, what one kid of yours do you want to, do you want to share with the world? No, I mean, I, I, I'm an advocate for Jim Rohn and sharing his message uh, and impacting people. And, you know, Mark Victor Hansen, who we mentioned, Mark told me 1995, he's the chicken soup had sold a million books. And he said, Kyle, we're going to sell a hundred million books. And I'm like, Mark, you're always exaggerating. That's crazy. If you sell 10 million, I'll kiss your feet. It, it's like not going to happen. Well, he sold 600 million, him and Jack. And I got to do chicken soup for the entrepreneur soul with Mark and Jack. They said, pick any topic it's yours. And I picked entrepreneurism because that's my core who I am. And what I want to say is Mark stretched my rubber band. We would not be on this call if it wasn't for Mark teaching me to think big. We wouldn't be on this call today if it wasn't for Jim Rohn uh, sharing what he shared with me. So I, to me, I pull from so many, uh, you know, Darren Hardy and I, two hours at his house, he gave me an exclusive, the only podcast he has done in three years, exclusive. I, I'm his coach. He, he used the will. And, you know, that was two hours. And I took a hundred different nuggets of wisdom. And I've known the guy for 25 years. It was so rich. Uh, I benefit from, you know, like Chad's part of my inner circle. I learn more than I teach. I always learn more than I teach. So that's, there's the nugget. Surround yourself. Yeah, that right there is amazing. Just, well, just say that again so everybody catches it. Yeah, well, the, the, the aha is, Surround yourself with great people. Get around great people. Don't be the smartest person in the room. You got to find, you got to find yourself. I mean, and again, the secret sauce for me was bringing value. You know, so if I can bring value to Mark Victor Hansen, he's calling me every day, right? If I can bring value to Darren Hardy, 
you know, 10 years later when he's saying no to every, and he's got six billionaires in his mastermind and he, he won't do an endorsement. I have an endorsement from Darren. I have like three of them. He doesn't give them. You never see an endorsement with Darren Hardy's name. But it's because I brought value. It's not because we're great friends, although we are, you know, but get around great people and bring value. And I'm just saying for myself, everyone's different. I'm not a big fan of networking. You know, everyone's like, oh, let's, you don't network with a valuable person. They don't have the time. You figure out ways to bring value. What's that look like? You know, that, you know, Chad sent me his notes from the inner circle the other day. I'm putting it on. I don't have time to take notes. That was valuable to me, right? Figure out, don't, don't blow up someone's phone with a bunch of questions thinking networking will get you closer. It usually won't, but find what that thing is. You got to be a little creative I've never, I've never pursued those relationships. I've tried to create platforms that bring value. And that's what you guys are doing. You don't have to get up at 730 and do this, right? But you've created a platform to bring value. And that's part of the, the hidden, hidden sauce. But yeah, Joel, so, so much have, so much has been poured into my life. You know, currently, Tim Cole, 31 year Colonel in the Marines, ran the presidential inauguration. He sat beside me as we did our inner circle mastermind this last weekend. He's probably my closest confidant now. He's the guy I call if I need, need advice or wisdom. And here's the other cool thing. When you hang around really good people who have high integrity, you know, they won't let you get away with your stuff and they don't even have to say a word. It's, it's like, and they usually don't. Like in my world, they don't. It's just, I'm paying, I use them as my litmus test to say that was really good or that got a little uncomfortable, or that was, you know, it makes, forces you to take the high road, which makes you, makes you better. Working with Jim Rohn all those years as a marketer, I had to push him way outside his comfort zone, but he also kept me in a place of trying to keep the brand pristine and, and us, we didn't do what most people do. We could have, when you, I built a million plus list when I sold my companies it was that that was massively valuable but to build that it's almost like an atm machine you could send out something every day and i watch people do it today and so let me throw this little tidbit out as long as i'm kind of channeling here you know uh i have a, 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 a i did a book called passionistas you probably can see it back there it's one of the books and it was a it was a passion project. I had a, someone in my inner circle, she was 25, an actress, Erica Dela Cruz. And I saw the hustle. I saw the, you know, the getting up early, waiting in line, auditions, the whole thing. And I'm like, wow, that, that's tough, right? It's tough if you're in the music business. It's tough if you're in the entertainment business. Uh, and she wouldn't make any money, but she was hustling. And she would talk about millennials, understand social media. They understand that Instagram is, is um, your own billboard. It's your own advertising agency. You're getting to write your own book every day. You don't have to go through the old middleman. You don't need permission. And I just saw these great things, millennials and her. And I said, listen, okay, I've watched. You got the hustle. I got an idea. Let's do a book. And instead of you chasing people, if we'll do this book and we'll latch, we'll hook on to you find 40 millennial friends in the entertainment world. I'll teach them how to mark. I'll teach them how to leverage a book. You know, a book, that's all a book really is. It's a business card and it's how you build a list and it's 
social proof and celebrity authorities and all that. And we'll, I'll create it. I'll do it. Didn't make a penny on it. And I said, but if we do it, I promise you'll have five figures of sponsorships coming to you, right? They'll come find you. And that's what happened. And so about a year later, we're, I used to do my masterminds at my house and she came from LA to Dallas and uh, we, Chad knows we have these incredible people there and we're sitting back there and she said something, she had the insight, a 26 year old had the insight I'd never heard anyone say. And she said, Kyle, you were at the top. You sold all your companies, you retired for eight years, now you're back and you don't have anything. You don't have a list. You don't have intellectual property. You don't have any pro you were number one on Google. Now you don't even have a, a presence. You literally have started over. And she said, now you're at the bottom, right? And she said, you're here with us millennials and we're going to lock arms and we're going to walk together to the top together. And what was so brilliant about that was the people on top, the majority of them are putting out crap because they can, because they have a list. So they're selling stuff they shouldn't be selling and they're pushing the envelope and it's so tempting. I've been there, right? You have an ATM machine just sitting there and it's so hard not to kiss the devil and do all these affiliate deals and put yourself out there. And I'm ashamed by many of my friends that are doing it. I watch them. But you can't do that if you're brand new, right? You can't do that if you're a 25-year-old millennial. You have to have the real stuff. You got to do it the right way, the goods. And so back to take that full circle, Joel, is to say, you know, when you're around great people, you have to put out the right stuff. You got you to gotta stay in integrity. You got to be the real deal. You can't get away with the, the things that... Um, you know, that just, just because you can, you know, they're going to call you on it. And, and then you, the beauty of that is you get to build something great. And that's what I do love about Darren Hardy and, and Robin Sharma, another guy I coach is they built great stuff, right? They're not out doing affiliate deals left and right. Uh, you know, it's the focus is greatness. So that's why principle-based marketing is great product, great service, being consistent, and, you know, relationships. And when you build something great, it will compound. And if you're in the beginning, you don't have a choice, right? You know, you have to do it greater. It's not going to work. You know, you got to put out good stuff or it's not going to work. And that's what, what happens. Sometimes people say, well, I get these emails from whoever, right? Brian Tracy or Tony, right? Here's what they're doing. Well, yeah, because they, they've already built it. You, once you build it, you can do that. But in the beginning, you have to hustle and you have to do all the right stuff. And anyway, sorry for going off on that. I, I got a question. Great. Good, good. So, so one thing I always remember, and this is, this is kind of challenging for me to reconcile in my head. Um, you know, what we do, Kyle, is we kind of break personalities within our company down to four personalities. You know, the red, the very direct person, the yellow that wants to uh, help and, you know, save the world, the blue, who's the partier, and the green, who's the analytical person. So Jim used to always say, you can help a thousand, but you can't carry three on your back, right? Great one. That's, that's where the phrase came from, get off my back. Somebody found someone trying to climb on their back, you know, <laughs> I love that. But um, so, so in this space, you know, in the, in the world of network marketing, we have all these people who, who come to the company and they have hope, you know, they have hope that a dream and, and they have a, that little glimmer of belief. So, 
how can you how can you help what are some ideas or philosophies you have on helping to you know water that belief and, and grow that belief um, I think of the other day with Glenn where he said, you know, every great achiever started with elevated hopes and then the elevated hopes turns into expectation. The expectation turns into inevitability. So here we are wanting to help a thousand, but you got to kind of understand when they're trying to climb on your back and they can't do that, but you still want to help them. So what is, what are some thoughts on that? I think share authentic truth. You know, you, you can't create cookie cutters. I mean, you, it's like we said earlier, and, and I love that Joel quickly said, yeah, don't, there are cookie cutters, but people have to innovate and find what fits for them. So what, what I think kills hope is they betray themselves and they go do something that's not really resonating with them because they're buying the plan. So you have to create room to say, find what works for you. Now here's the buffet of things you can do, right? So here's, the company's made it easy, right? Here's all the tools. Here's all the different things you can do, but find what works for you. We, we have five products. If one has changed your life, start telling that story. You know, find the product that resonates with you. Find the method that raise, resonates for you. If you don't want to do Facebook every day, don't do it, right? And, and that's what I tell people because I, you know, my big thing is build an audience and talk to it. Well, some people say, how often do I have to talk to it? Well, how often are you currently talking to it? Not at all. Well, don't start talking to it every day. You know, try once a month, then go to twice a month, then go to once a week, you know. So I think that's part of that hope, Chad, is telling truth, being authentic, and letting something connect with the person that they can believe in and they know that you're, they're not having to betray themselves. And that's a constant reminder. It's a constant reminder to say, you know, find what part of this works for you and do that. And again, you know, Jim said as much as you can do things by group. So creating those group opportunities for those that want to, to show up. And that can be infuriating, right? People beg for help, send you, you know, blow up your phone and, try and call you, but then they won't show up for the group meeting. And so that's where you have to create your boundaries. Um, you know, Darren Hardy said one hard no solves a thousand no's. So what are your hard no's? One of my hard no's, I don't do breakfast, lunch, or dinner with Facebook friends that aren't part of my world, right? Hey, I'm in town. You want to have lunch? Um, no, you know, you're not part of my inner circle. You're not part of, you know, you're not someone that's, already invested in what I do, right? And so you got to figure out that in your world. Who deserves your time? You know, who has created, you know, group is for everyone. One-on-one -on -one is for deserve. Who's deserved it? Who has shown that they, you know, they, and then and find those ways to create those special one-on-ones for the people that really get it without it being in a judgmental way, right? But um, that, that's kind of one of my thoughts. I, I just keep going note after note after note. <laughs> and you kind of answered my next question. So I'm going to have Tay jump on with his really quick. Okay. And I'll make up another one. Okay. And by the way, Chad, I don't think I've ever given that answer. It just kind of came to me that, it is about 
authentically connecting with a group. And that is rarely done these days. There's so much manipulation, so much just almost guilting, shaming, which I am so opposed to. I think people want to be, uh, you know, they want to be accepted for who they are, right? And so it's creating that buffet that allows room for different approaches. And, um, but still being in your own truth, right? And just being able to have that conversation. So sorry, Tate. No, you're fine. I'm, you answering all my questions plus the ones I wanted to ask. So uh, I'm just trying to uh, piece just um, one of the things that really stuck out to me because I'm a big guy on integrity as well. And you was like, surround yourself with people with high integrity. And I love that because sometimes uh, people who have that high integrity, they didn't want even let you get away with little things. Uh, that you uh, think. And another thing you said, uh, the hard nose, I think that's uh, very important too. And I think that's part of uh, building your character and your integrity as well, because you won't uh, do what's a note that outside of what you believe in. Uh, so my question was um, kind of speaking to that, uh, what were some of the biggest lessons that impacted the way you work as far as not crossing those boundaries? Uh, and just what, and then what was the lesson? And then what was it like before you did it? And then after you kind of uh, picked up the uh, value. Yeah, you know, we learn by doing, right? Um, and so sometimes you just got to connect the dots and say, you know, every time I work with that guy or any of his friends, it doesn't work out, right? And so I, I've, I'm pretty ninja at it now. I can, I can pick up in five seconds, 10 seconds, someone's philosophy, their vibe, been doing this for 30 years. Uh, you know, I've mentioned this thing called 52 lessons. Is it okay for me to promote that? Cause it's free. That's how expensive it is. It's, you know, kylewilson.com and it's a weekly lesson and it's cause I'm about to name drop again, Zig Ziglar. This changed my life. He said, Kyle, never do a good deal with the bad guy. So that is how, you know, I've had to learn that the hard way, but not, you know, I've not really, I've never, I've avoided lawsuits because uh, I've just figured out real quick, find out someone's philosophy. Are they litigious? No, thank you. <laughs> it's not worth the risk. You know, people come to me all the time with these big ideas. I'm like, okay, I, you know, that I see more risk than I see reward. That's a no thank you because most of those deals don't work out, right? Uh, so I test, is someone win-win or they win-lose? I'll let people take advantage of me on something small just so I can avoid big. I'll lose a hundred dollars to avoid losing a million dollars. So it depends what the relationship's going to be, but I'll, I'll just test people and see. And here's another one. I think, um, and again, in the beginning, you got to say yes to everything, right? But as you build up, right, the three of you guys as leaders in your company, sometimes it's better just to offend someone early, right? Early and often because if you take it, I, I'm kind of a systems guy. I look out. So if, if you say, Hey, Kyle, can you write the forward for my book? And I'm in the middle of 20 things. I'm going to say, no. Well, if that offends you, thank God I said no to that before I said yes. And then said yes to three other things. And then eventually you get offended anyway, right? If you're going to get offended, cause you're that kind of person that doesn't understand or appreciate someone else's demands, then 
then it's like, I'd rather just do it quickly. I'd sure hate to write the forward. And then later on you get offended <laughs> over something else. So it, I think you have to create your boundaries and then just be content to say no and let those who want to be part of your world that want to learn from you, um, you know, keep, keep showing up. And then that's who you invest in. I'll never forget um, a story of a guy in our group, Tom Burns, amazing guy, read the first Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, uh, you know, best friends with Gary Keller. He's an orthopedic surgeon, but he also has $400 million in real estate. An amazing guy. He's an investor. Uh, guy started coaching a few years ago and he's part of the group and he's telling a story of being with Robert Kiyosaki and a guy, uh, this couple walk up to the table and they're like, Robert, we're, you know, we just saw you on TV or whatever. And they start picking his brain and they're at dinner. And finally Tom says, you know, he wrote a book. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Why don't you go get that book? And I find myself doing that a lot. You know, someone I don't know on Instagram reaches out, hey, Kyle, what would you do? Da, da, da. I'm like, have you gotten my 52 lessons? Go do that. You know, oh, okay, that uh, you're asking me a question. I've got that on. I got 100 blogs. Go read that blog. There's, there's resources. Go do that first. Now, listen, some people will go do that. And then they'll come back later. Wow, that was amazing. And then I ask the next question. But some people will get offended and say, hey, F you. Well, that's, I'm, I'll take that risk because I don't have time to invest in someone that's not willing just to go get a free download, right? Some people just want to, you to give it to them without them putting in some effort. And you got to just figure out what works for you and be willing to live with the consequences of those that would be offended by that because it's just too much of an energy pull to try and make everyone happy. Damn, that is so good. I was gonna say that, that right there was just like. <laughs> that just saved like people millions of hours of time right there. Yeah. Oh, I don't have to give them the answers. I can guide them to the answer and say, go listen to this, watch this, read this, and then get back with me. I had a guy, Quick. I had a guy, and he's big in the network marketing industry, uh, message me, Kyle, I, got, I wanna get Darren Hardy on my podcast. Or, and I wanna get, no, I want Darren to come speak to my thousands of people. Well, Darren, it's a hard no. I already know that Darren ain't going to do it. I said, have you listened to the Darren Hardy podcast that I did? He goes, well, I'll do that tonight. I'm like, okay, you go listen. I didn't even tell him no. Darren said no. I'm just because Darren on the podcast say, makes it clear. I don't do those, right? So I knew he hadn't even listened to it. And I have that happen all the time. People reach out but they hadn't even gone to do the real deal. Now the, the opposite is what a pleasure, right? When someone's listened to all your trainings, right? And then they show up with the question and they regurgitate just like Chad was telling the Jim Rohn thousand, you, you know, you can help a thousand, but you can't carry three on your back. That's a pleasure. You know, people will message me, Jim Rohn changed my life. And they start telling me the story. Okay. You, they got me right. That's my soft spot. Uh, so yeah, just, but you got to have those places to send people. So that's the other part of managing your time is give people places to go get the next thing and then come back. Right. So in my world, I have all these different filters that again, that help 
before I jump on a call with someone, you know, I want them to have already experienced what I'm about, what my group's about, things like that. So they're already coming educated. You know, I always say cold traffic is hard. That's where all your refunds problems come from. Warm and hot traffic's where you want to live. You know, I want to live on referrals. I want to live with, you know, people that have already tasted part of what I do. And so when I talk about the wheel and I, it's something I came up with in 1993, it's about build, it's getting people onto your will, but then building a relationship with them. And then eventually at the right time, at the right moment, when you give them something to say yes to, they're ready. I do this thing with Ron White called memory and marketing. We only do one a year. It's unbelievable. It's about a tenth of the price it should be. It's a few hundred dollars, not a few thousand. Raving fans. And we just did one. And, uh, amazing guest. Well, when people say yes to that, I've had, I've had people worth a hundred million. I've had uh, people that are uh, like one of the founders of Google. It's unbelievable who has shown up for those. But a lot of people that show up for that have never said yes to anything else I offer. So I create these little things just to maybe get someone to show up. You know, Phil calling a Def Leppard at my house that brought in people that never said yes to anything else, but I gave them a reason to say yes. And from that new people became part of our world. So we did this thing, memory and marketing. People spent two days with me and Ron it's over. You know, if someone spends two days, like me spending two, four hour sessions just on marketing after that, they want to be part of my world. So that's what another suggestion it's part of the wheel is, find ways to get people to say yes, that are unique and different. And you guys do that through meetings, but it could be, and I, I noticed you do that, Chad, right? Y'all will have uh, special home viewing parties and things like that. Find way, different ways. I call them hooks, right? Different ways because different people are attracted to different things. But then if they can spend time with you and you deliver, then they want to be part of your world. It's those type of little connecting the dot things, right? So Kyle, I got to ask you, thanks again for being on here. This is, this is so awesome. You know, I'd love to just have you on here like every week, but you know, maybe once a year at least, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> but so with, with all those years with Jim Rohn, 18 years with Jim Rohn, you know, what, what would you say is one of your all-time favorite memories with him where you just think back and it just brings a lot of joy into your life because of whatever reason? Well, I have my all-time uh, biggest lesson and I'll have my all-time favorite memory. And uh, I'll do the memory. And if you want me to do the lesson, I can. The memory is uh, Jim thought he'd lived to be 100 and he was super healthy and about age 77, he started having, he just wasn't feeling right. And it was kind of happening. And then later on, he got diagnosed with, um, uh, oh, uh, it, it, it escapes me for the moment. Um, but it, it was the smoker's disease. It's what Robert Goulet died of. It's also what Tom Ziegler's sister died of, Zig's daughter. And uh, she had never smoked. Jim had never smoked. It, it was pulmonary fibrosis and uh, it was just made no sense, but it wasn't curable. And so we 
figured that out in like February of 2009. Jim died in December of 2009. So uh, I, I'd sold my companies in late 2007 and retired, but I had to stay on for a year. And the guys I sold them to had just bought Success Magazine. And uh, it was this, it was, it was in the best interest of everyone. They, they worked with 50 network marketing companies, Video Plus, and they were going to take Dennis and Chris and Ron. And, you know, Jim didn't want me to really sell it, but he said, do whatever is best for you. And I just kind of needed to get off the, I'd been running like hundreds, if not thousands of 440s for a long time. And I had young teenage kids and it's like, I, I had, I was the agent for everyone. Like I was just carrying everyone's weight and 20 employees and it was a God thing. So I, I was selling, but I had to stay on. And so 2009, we, we said, let's do a, a tribute video that we can deliver to Jim before he dies. And so we had Zig and John Maxwell and Les and Brian and Mark Victor Hansen and you know, that, that crew of 10 to 20 peers. But then also I went to his friends and I went to people that he had worked with and his accountant and there were about 50 people in all. And we interviewed him and I, one in particular, William E. Bailey, Jim, one of Jim, you know, Jim talks about Earl Schof, but William E. Bailey equally was a mentor. In fact, Les Brown, if you remember, Chad, kept quoting Bill Bailey uh, on our thing because Bill Bailey had a company called Best Line Products and he was a mentor to Les at the same time that Bill was a mentor to Jim. But Bill was sick. And so I, I flew to Lexington, Kentucky, rented a car, drove to the another hour and a half uh, east to Bill's log cabin in Kentucky. We spent the day together and I'd published Bill's books and promoted him and we were great friends. But I had to get that interview. I couldn't deliver Jim Rohn a, a tribute video without Bill Bailey. And you know, this thing took months. It was, it was a lot of, a lot of work put into it, a lot of love. And a month before Jim died, I delivered it to him. Uh, he was in a, not, you know, like nursing home's not the right word, but he was in this high care facility. And uh, I live in, in Dallas. And so Jim's in LA. So I went to LA <clears throat> and we sat down and we watched it and it was, you know, Larry Thompson and uh, Zig Ziglar and Brian Tracy. And there were a couple of people, I'm not saying they were estranged, Jim and them were estranged, but there were just some things that maybe didn't go so well the last time they'd talked. And, uh, and both those people broke down crying, talking about how much Jim had changed their life and how much they loved Jim. And on, on the video. And this was a really well put together thing too. So it's like a tribute of Jim talking and then these testimonials and Jim talking and to sit there and watch it with Jim and him look at me and go, wow, you know, like when a couple of these in particular, definitely the greatest day of my professional life, you know, with Jim Rohn and, uh, the tribute it, it's on my website. It's under blogs. It's, uh, like a, it was, it was a two hours of interviews on one side of the DVD. And then the other side was this 30 minutes and they wanted to, uh, the company that bought me wanted to break it down to like seven. 
uh, but we got it down to 18 and then 13 and then like eight. The one on my website's 13 and it's, it's really, really good. Um, but that's the best day I ever had with Jim Rohn and uh, the most special moment. And that's one of the few times I've told that story without crying too. So, man, well, th thanks for sharing that, Kyle. Because I never, you know, I had an opportunity a couple times to go and meet Jim, and I just felt like I didn't have the the money to do it at the time. And I wish I would have, because um, I, you know, I, I I attribute a lot of my success to that that little CD, that sixty two minute CD. I just, I consumed that like oxygen. When I first heard that the first time, I listened to it over and over, probably 50 times. And, and I know I've shared with you that 2004 weekend where Chris Widener emceed, I've listened to that entire thing at least 10 times that whole weekend. And that shaped and molded my life. And so thank you for all getting Jim out there so that someone like me could get my hands on that and know who the man was and for continuing to share who Jim was and, and I feel like if uh, when Jim died, if his spirit left and went into a hundred people, I'm one of those. Wow. So uh, I'm committed to uh, sharing lots <laughs> of Jim Rohn forever. Thank you, Chad. Awesome. Well, guys, we've been on here. We've taken a lot of Kyle's time. So uh, make sure that you reach out. Thank Kyle for being on here with us. He's provided us with a ton ton of nuggets. I mean, guys, go back through, listen to this again. I'm going to have to go back through because I couldn't take notes fast enough. Um, but one of the things that I, I want to finish this with was him talking about the secret sauce, guys. The thing that is there in you that is different than anything else in anyone else. You know, God only made one of you. He loves you so much that he only came down and made one of you. And he made you with a specific purpose. And that specific purpose is something only you can grab a hold of and accomplish. So know that you are special. You are divine. There's one piece of you designed to impact other people's lives. And with the information that Kyle gave us today, you guys can go out and impact the lives of not only the tens of around you, but the tens of thousands that are around you. So thanks for tuning in today, guys. Can't wait to hear all the aha moments that you had from this. And we can't wait to see you guys on here again next time. Go out and make it an awesome week.